2: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
3: good morning welcome to the morning beat. thank you so so much for joining us as always uh we have a great show coming up for you but first and foremost i do want to check in with my girl michaela uh because you're still home right now hopefully we'll be back in studio soon but how you doing girl how you hanging in there
4: I'm doing good, honey. I have to be honest with you. This sounds crazy. I like working from home.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot lot of people feel you on that one. What what do you love about it so much?
4: You know what? I think it's just nice to wake up and not like the hustle and bustle of like getting up, getting ready, getting into the car, getting to work. Like you wake up like Rocco sitting next to me, my like little doggy. And I just enjoy the comfort of being able to like be in my sweats and because also to be fair we didn't have this moment last year we've been in studio from the beginning pretty much Mm -hmm. so to just be able to like i hear you hang out with my dog get up and get coffee i
3: think i I hear a common theme i hear you repeating the dog a a couple of times so far and i think of the dog
1: thing (laughs) i remember when we did very
3: early pandemic record from your home for a while as a team uh, for like 10 weeks uh, your dog Rocco literally saved my life and so much so that I got my own Ugh. and my dog my little dog Kingston just had his nine-month birthday and I'll tell you what the last few mornings this week uh, we started practicing off-leash outdoors in the morning uh, because no- yeah. nobody's really up and there aren't many distractions and we've had a few successful days in a row uh, then we walked back into our building to go to the elevator back upstairs and there happened to be a man you know there- crack of dawn who happened to be up and Kingston definitely jumped all over him so it's kind of a mixed bag (laughs) but I totally get it it's my favorite part of the morning as well Uh, that and of of course getting to do this with you Uh, coming up this hour uh, there's a new documentary out uh, called Pray Away. It just was released on Netflix recently, and we had a candid conversation about this uh, just yesterday. Uh, and also, uh, we were joined for part of that conversation with our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. We're going to kick off this hour uh, with that conversation because it was so powerful. Uh, we really want you to hear it, and we think it it, it resonates. It resonated with us, and we know it will resonate with a lot of our listeners who's uh, who are maybe part of the queer community or maybe an ally to the community uh, and have uh, struggled with faith and how those two things can live in the same space. Uh, so stick around this entire hour is going to be fantastic. Uh, but right now though, it is time for some news on the beat. Michaela, what do you have for us?
4: Okay, well, this is a big deal, honey. Britney Spears' father, Jamie Spears, says he intends to step down as conservator of the singer's estate. The elder Spears has been serving as co-conservator of his daughter's estimated $60 million fortune for more than a decade. Recently, Britney Spears has gotten more vocal in her opposition to the conservatorship, calling it cruelty and abuse, and saying she even wants to press charges against her father. If he does step down, it would be a massive development in one of the defining pop culture battles of the internet era spears conservatorship which has been in place since 2008 following a string of personal hardships has raised uh conversations about autonomy public perception mental health the agency of women in entertainment and the dangers of rapid stardom so we're gonna have that conversation with paula canny our attorney at 920 Pacific, 1220 Eastern. I just am blown away and I'm so happy for her as well. This could be such a big deal and I I can't wait. Okay, another news, big news. The U.S. Census Bureau has released the first local level results from the 2020 census. The big takeaway is the country is more diverse and more multiracial than ever With people of color representing 43% of the total U.S. population in 2020, that's up from 34% in 2010, Uh, Americans are also getting older. The adult population has grown from 237 million to 260 million, and the proportion of adults is now 78%, up from 76% at the previous count. Population growth mostly occurred in metropolitan areas, while about half of U.S. counties saw their populations shrink. Overall, the U.S. population grew by 7%. This could all have deep implications for the future of the U.S. uh, electorate. Now, not to mention uh, fresh census information will guide policymakers in distributing more than $675 billion each year in federal funding among state and local governments. Now, let's get into a little weather. Summer's here. It's queer, and it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 88 in Miami with light rain, 68 in San Francisco, 99 in Phoenix, 93 in Seattle, 91 in Atlanta, 99 in Baltimore, uh, 84 in Cleveland, and 108 in Indio. Now, if you pass a McDonald's... Why don't you stop by? Get a nice fresh Coca-Cola drink frozen for just a dollar fifty. It's delicious and it'll quench your thirst as we end this wonderful summertime. Now give us a vibe.
3: We're strongest when we cheer each other on don't tear each other down people yeah. be nice
4: yeah i love that all right well there's a new documentary called pray away we've had some personal experiences with this and we're going to discuss it uh, and then we'll be joined by uh, marriage and family therapist james gay later in the hour to continue this conversation coming up next
3: You're listening to The Morning Beat. Uh, There's an interesting conversation going on on social media as uh, this new film is coming out called Swan Song. Uh, The creator of it, the director, says it's a love letter to disappearing gay culture. Um, This film is actually set in my home state of Ohio, uh, coming from the man uh, Todd Stevens is the name, who brought us Edge of 17 and Gypsy 83 randomly. I used to work at the Cheesecake Factory back in Ohio with a guy who was in the film Edge of Seventeen. Oh, my God. Uh, That's neither neither here nor there. (laughs) And the director of this takes place uh, in Sandusky, Ohio, which is where I also had my first encounter with a man. Uh, He was a manager of an Abercrombie and Fitch, and I worked at a different one. And we met up in Sandusky, and that's when this whole journey for me began, sort of. Um, But that's neither here nor there either. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts, though, because... He uh, calls this sort of a love letter to the rapidly disappearing gay culture of America. Um, and I would say that our culture is definitely shifting. I don't know that I think it's disappearing. No, I uh, think... I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts.
4: I literally think quite the opposite. I think that it's very important to pay homage to you know our um, LGBTQ brothers and sisters who have fought so hard for us. But I think that the point of fighting so hard was that we're able to live more uh, visible lives without having to announce to everybody, like, we're the gay ones in the room. And I think that having shows and visibility, we've never had so many television shows, film. I mean, Robin just came out as bisexual, Batman's sidekick. Like, we have shows like Pose. We have shows that are um, still very much calling to... Are where we came from um but it's just being normalized i think that's what it is it's not disappearing it's being normalized which is what we always wanted
3: i totally hear that and i understand how like the older generation might view this as you know things are rapidly disappearing as he says uh he also goes on to say as it has become more acceptable to be queer what used to be a thriving community is rapidly melting back into society uh, he said, this film is dedicated to all the forgotten flaming florists and hairdressers who built the community and blazed the trail for the rights many of us cling to today. Um, and I appreciate that. I really do. But like, I don't relate to like, while I love a good Kiki, I don't personally relate to flaming florists and hairdressers. And I, and I appreciate how, how brave and courageous they were at a time when it wasn't easy to be either of those things. Um, but for me... Uh, this idea that we're melting into society i think that that should be the goal you know i know years ago we talked about uh we talked about gay bars and particularly the abbey i remember the conversation was that the abbey was becoming too straight right uh, and they're problematic for a whole lot of reasons which we've covered on our show and we're not going to go there in this moment but i will say though that uh i i never really had a problem with it I did have a problem with all the straight girls coming in there and having bachelorette parties, and you know, as if we were like something to like, uh, like gorillas at the, gorillas at the zoo, right? Like we were caged animals and they wanted to come and be a part of it for a day. It's okay, That's
4: they got the drugged thing. for being there. Payback.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she means that as a joke, a very sick, <laughs> yeah. twisted joke. Yeah. Uh, but. But isn't that the goal, though? Like, I don't need... I'm, And I'm glad I don't live in an era where gay bars... You know, gay bars used to not have windows for a reason. They used to not have doors that you could see through. They weren't open to the public. They were dark, seedy places. And more and more of those have closed down over the years. And I understand that's hard for the older generation because many of them still suffer from the trauma of having to live completely in the closet and worry about their lives day in and day out. And I can't imagine what that must have been like. But... It's because of them we're able to now be celebrated in traditional culture, and I don't think that our, our our beauty has you know dimmed at all. I think our light is shining brighter than ever.
4: Yeah, well, it's it's interesting too because um, my hairstylist is a flaming homosexual male, and so he's not gone anywhere. He's very much in his platform heels, um, doing my hair, and he does a fabulous job. Also, like I think that you know. We're looking at flaming homosexuals that are now like part of the Senate. Like, they're not hairdressers because they're like part of even bigger things now. They're CEOs. They're taking on jobs that weren't necessarily jobs they could have ever had 20 years ago. And um, so they're bigger than being florists. Not that florists are not fabulous, but also florists are not the same business that they used to be. You don't go into a flower shop anymore. Everything's online. You just do it online. Yep. And. yep.
3: Also, also, just to clarify, just so you know, Cory Booker is not, in fact, a uh, homosexual, even, even though his he cousin sashay. is RuPaul. And he, and he says sashay on the Senate floor. Oh, uh, no, but I hear you. Yeah. Because, listen, I love that we have that part of our community. But that was also also very representative of a small slice of our community. You know, the gay florist was always like a, a cis white man, generally speaking you know, and and at least depicted in film and television. And there's so many more colors in our rainbow flag. And also our rainbow flag literally, literally has more colors in it than it used to. Do you know what I mean? It used to just be Roy G. Biv. Now trans representations, there, black and brown lives are represented. And I think it shows an evolution. And if I, 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 I love a good gay bar. I love a good Kiki. But I also love going to, I guess, straight bars, quote unquote, straight bars with my gay friends, you know, and we couldn't do that in the past. We can do it now. So I don't think that the culture is disappearing. I think it's expanding. And I don't think that's a terrible thing.
4: Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that was the goal. All right, coming up, find out how a man surprised his wife after 14 years of marriage. It's so sweet. It went viral on TikTok and we have it in Tell Me Something
3: Good. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we have a fantastic show for you today. Uh, we may be midway through it, but we do want to remind you that in our next hour at 820 Pacific, 1120 Eastern Time, we're going to be joined uh, for What the Health with Dr. James Simmons, we're talking about the idea of a third uh, vaccine shot or a booster, if you will. Many are calling it that. Uh, is it actually a booster and will that become a You know, common practice here in the United States and around the world. Also talking about vaccine passports uh, and this anti-vaxxer nurse uh, that we've talked about on our show that was uh, injecting patients in Germany uh, with saline solution. Over 8,600 patients thought they were getting the vaccine, and she's an anti-vaxxer. Uh, is, is there legal recourse that's going to be taking place? We know that authorities are already looking into this there, but could this be happening here in the United States as well? Uh, and we, we hope not. Uh, but we're going to talk to Dr. James in the next hour, so stick around for that conversation uh, as well. Uh, right now, though, um, let's talk about this, this teacher. Uh, so this teacher, uh, she quit her job in tears, after she was told that she cannot uh, misgender trans students anymore. Her name is Laura Morris. Uh, she sobbed as she told the school board, board that she can't respect transgender students because she's a believer in Christ. She was
2: devastated,
3: you know, that that, that, that God forbid uh, the school board in, in the state of Ging, uh, Virginia, Virginia, Virginia um, <laughs> asked her just to respect these young people. Uh,
5: Respect their pronouns.
3: So she then says, school board, I quit. Uh, Let's listen to her.
5: My name is Laura Morris. I have been a teacher in Loudoun County Public Schools for five years and a teacher for 10. In that time, I have learned so much. Being on the cutting edge of educational technology and working with a diverse population of students that I have loved.
3: Okay, so she's learned a lot. Great. Wonderful. Sounds like she's a, a, a good educator, a steward of our children's, you know, uh, little minds. And that's, that's fantastic, right?
5: Eh. This mm-hmm. year, I have the privilege to follow my amazing fourth graders up to fifth. And I have been excited about this all summer. On the other hand, this summer I have struggled with the idea of returning to school, knowing that I'll be working yet again with a school division that, despite its shiny tech and flashy salary, promotes political ideologies that do not square with who I am as a believer in Christ.
3: Okay, so... Oh
5: my god, I'm already annoyed. She's
3: working for a public school, keep in mind. And she's not happy about that. After ten years, apparently, she said a
4: flashy salary. Apparently, they're play- they're paying well. Yeah,
3: let's see how let's see how well Christian yeah. schools pay her. Uh, go on.
5: After reading about your lack of consideration for the growing population of concerned citizens in this division, clearly evidenced by this empty room tonight, where you shut the doors to the public, as well as the emails sent by the superintendent last year, reminding me that a dissenting opinion is not allowed, even to be spoken in my personal life going so far as to send a form to my colleagues and I, encouraging us to fill it out if we hear one another speaking against the controversial policies being promoted by this school board.
3: Okay, so here's the issue.
4: (laughs) I have a lot to say, actually. I'm going to just say it because this is uh, very aligned with what's been going on. I feel very defensive over you right now, so I feel like I'm a little bit heated right now. Um, You had an issue this week with your sister and her being Christian, and you and I went to... Uh, happy hour yesterday we finally got to see each other and we just had like a really great time and I got to see you and you know we share look you're my best friend we share a lot of things together I also have known you know you for o- over 15 years
3: yeah and you know my and you I know my sister too
4: I know very well and I think that this idea I came home I was talking to Lisa I was so upset about it this idea that people just continue bringing up Christ as the reason that they cannot do things is just so weak to me. If you don't want to do something, then just don't do it. Yeah. The idea that people continue blaming religion as the reason that they don't want to do something is such a cop out, and I'm just tired of it. Yeah. If, if you wanna, if you wanna call it misgendering, then just say that. Say I quit being a teacher because I don't agree with. Whatever it is, misgendering, in her opinion, kids. Well, yeah. But to blame it on Christ, yeah. to do this whole sob and also, story. Like,
3: you're not a victim. Like this whole know, blaming everything up. on Christ, as if if I can no longer do this because I am being silenced because we're no long we're not able to have open debate. No, listen, woman, you're not allowed to openly debate somebody's sexuality or their gender. You can debate choices they might make or actions they might take. But there is no debate. There's no gray area. But well, go off, sis.
5: Not only that, but within the last year, I was told in one of my so-called equity trainings that white Christian able-bodied females currently have the power in our schools and that, quote, this has to change.
3: Okay, so what's wrong? About it does you? need to but, change. Yeah, but where's, where's the mistruth? Like, that might not be a super comfortable thing to hear. But go back and think about how many teachers you had growing up. The majority of mine...
4: My favorite teacher was Mrs. Smith. She was a beautiful black woman that wore apricot Mm -hmm. lipstick and chewed winter green gum. I literally wanted to be her. I was obsessed with her.
3: Yep. And my favorite was... Well, she never actually was out-out. But my favorite people growing up were all queer. My teachers. You know, Mr. Van Tilburg, my choir instructor. Our principal, who many believe is homosexual, but has never quite come out. You know, uh, Miss Bell, my lesbian gym teacher... You know, like, like those were the ones, Miss J, who somehow I think is not a lesbian, but was very, very, very butch. Um, and I loved her and we got <laughs> along so well. And So this idea, you know, that, you know, there's not a problem. Yeah, there needs to be more diversity in the people that are teaching our children, you know. Yeah. And I'm sorry if, if yeah, your Christian dead. beliefs do not align with, with it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a discussion about whether it's right or wrong. You're just wrong. You don't get yeah, you do kids are killing themselves. You know what I mean? Kids are suicidal and they're in there and they're desperately like seeking
4: My my I have a uh, 15-year-old younger half sister and we don't have a relationship because I don't have a relationship with my dad. However, I did hear um through my older half sister her best friend just committed suicide mm. because it was just, it. it's like just too much. Too much. And um, well, they were having a very difficult time. Yeah. 15 years yeah, old.
3: Well, I will say, though, that the county school board voted 7-2 to in favor of the transgender equality policy uh, that same night. So, bye, girl. Bye.
4: Bye, girl. Go to a Christian school. Bye.
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's almost time for What's Poppin'. Uh, This What's Poppin' involves Pee Wee Herman and Ginger Spice. But I'll let Michaela give you those details in just a moment. It's pretty incredible. Uh, Also, I do want to remind you, our show is also a podcast. So, if you can't listen to us in real time, don't you worry. Download the Odyssey app at audacy.com and listen to The Morning Beat anywhere you take your mobile device. I'm Michaela Gordon. This feels like it's going to be a really fun. What's popping? What's going on?
4: Okay. Well, you have to know something. Um, if we're ever quizzed and they say what Spice Girl do Michaela want to be, the answer will always be Ginger Spice. I literally wanted bright red, red hair. She was so hot, so fun. I stand for Jerry Hollowell. I also stand for Pee Wee Herman. I loved Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I literally. Oh, think that's of right. Herman. But they're teaming up with Tatum O'Neal and we'll. Uh, be a part of this animated film about Oliver, a transgender fish prince destined to be a queen. Now, queer filmmaker J.B. Gooman Jr.'s The Crown with a Shadow is based on the real world pink skunk Clownfish. Now, I think we've seen a lot of success with SpongeBob SquarePants, and people really loved that, you know, his character, and they loved Patrick. So it feels like the right direction. Um, But these amazing tropical fish swim in schools headed by a large dominant female with a secondary male breeder fish that is larger than all the other males. When the ruling female dies, the breeder fish turns into a female. And the next largest male steps up the fish hierarchy to become her companion. So this is really what happens uh, down in the sea. And so they're making a, uh, a show about it. And I think it's really, really great because I think it's shedding light to all of these people that are like, being trans isn't natural. Being gay isn't natural. And it's like, well, every other species finds it very natural, yep. except for us. Listen, So fabulous. Well-
3: it's 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 so true, and I said this the other day. You know, I'm going through some personal stuff in my own family with with faith and sexuality and all this stuff. And I said, you know, listen, like across the animal kingdom, you can find it homosexuality in almost every single species. Like it exists everywhere. It's not just something that's made up of gay people. And also, here's just a list of some of the some of the living creatures on this beautiful planet that can also change their sex if need be: sea turtles, bearded yes. dragons, copperhead snakes frogs some versions of cardinals can even do so butterflies can do it banana slugs can do it how about sea bass love a good sea bass also uh clownfish like nemo from finding nemo they can all change their they can all change their uh their their gender if need be so what's the big deal also in native american cultures and cultures around the world uh those who are transgender were usually regarded and highly revered within their tribes and their communities as being two-spirited. And they were actually, they were actually treated as special, like gifts from God or the heavens or from whoever they or whatever they believed in right. uh, because they had the capability to live in both genders at the right, same time. Right. So this idea that we don't celebrate our trans brothers and sisters, uh, as, news, as, as special, I know it's just so outdated and it's inaccurate.
4: Yeah, well, I love it. I'm so excited to see this. I love Jerry Hollowell so much. It's gonna be fabulous. Now, coming up in What the Health, Dr. James Simmons joins us to talk about the third shot booster if we need it. Also, Vax passports coming up in the next hour. Oh.
3: I can't believe we've gotten this far into the show and haven't mentioned that it is actually, in fact, Friday the 13th, apparently.
4: Oh my um, gosh. What does this mean?
3: You had no idea, did you?
4: Not a clue.
3: I'm probably going to watch. Oh no, not. <sighs> so good. Is this Friday the 13th, the music? Mm hmm. So, okay. You love this. Listen, you, you love know this. I'm obsessed with horror films, it's mm-hmm. no scream soundtrack. Things were a little cornier back in the 70s and the 80s, if you ask me. By the, by the 90s, we figured <laughs> horror out, honey.
6: Oh, please. Um,
3: so I will probably be watching a horror film this weekend. Those early yeah. ones, you got to look back. Listen, those early ones, they're a different type of horror. I'm not into like the torture porn Slasher. stuff. Like the, I'm Well, I'm into slashers. I'm not into torture porn, which is like the Saw franchises. Yee. That stuff's a little weird to me. Um, I love a good chase scene and a realistic murder. Like, those are the things I like. Yeah. If you look back at, like, Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th, a lot of their actual, the killings, the point of watching a horror film, are, you don't really see a whole lot. It's the idea that's scarier. I think Nightmare on Elm Street was actually the first, like, horror film to actually showed like, when they, when Johnny Depp was sucked down into a couch and his blood splattered the all bed. over the into the bed. Yeah, and his blood splattered all over his bedroom. And his TV went down there with him and he just, uh, that was terrifying to me.
4: I'm and telling again, you,
3: again though, the, that only, film was, film that, the uh, only
4: film that's absolutely terrifying to me is The Shining. That one I just can't get over. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's also scary in a different sort of way. It's not yes. like a slasher horror film, though. Wes right. Craven also directed the first Nightmare on Elm Street, which is why it was so good. He also directed all of the first four, um, Scream films, which is why, for the most part, they were really good, especially the first one. I'm curious to see the Scream 5. Wes Craven has passed away. I'm, I don't know where it's going to go. If you're wondering why we're talking about horror films uh, early in the morning, it is Friday the 13th. So, welcome to the morning beat. Uh, that's Amen. where we're at today. Um Speaking of horror, the horror of this pandemic continues to roll on as we approach year number two. We're joined in about uh, 13 minutes with Dr. James Simmons for What the Health, uh, talking about booster shots. Are we going to need a third shot this fall or this winter, uh, depending on when you got your first two vaccines or your first one if you got the Johnson & Johnson? We're also talking about vaccine passports uh, and this anti-vaxxer nurse who injected 8,600 patients with a saline solution because she didn't want to give them the vaccine. What sort of legal recourse is she facing? Uh, and could that be a concern here in the United States? This story took place in Germany, but could could the same thing happen here? We want to keep you safe. We want to keep you informed. So join us for What the Health of Dr. James Simmons coming up shortly. Right now, though, it is time for news on the beat. Uh, give us something scary, Michaela. Something okay,
4: scary. honey. All right. Something scary is that... Jamie Spears there I said it oh he's scary oh yeah he is scary (laughs) but it looks like his time might be um coming to an end because Britney Spears' father Jamie Spears says he intends to step down as conservator of the singer's state uh the elder Spears has been serving as co-conservator of his daughter's estimated 60 million dollar fortune for more than a decade recently Britney Spears has gotten more vocal in her opposition to the conservatorship calling it cruelty and abuse and saying she even wants to press charges against her father. If he does step down, it would be a massive development in one of the defining pop culture battles of the internet era. Spears conservatorship, which has been in place since 2008, following a string of personal hardships, has raised conversations about autonomy, public perception, mental health, the agency of women in entertainment, And the dangers of rapid stardom. If that story is not a real-life horror story, the way that they have abused this woman, we are going to have a conversation in our uh, final hour with Paula Caney, 920 Pacific, 1220 Eastern, to really talk about what all of this could mean. Now, in other news, uh, as expected, the FDA has authorized COVID-19 booster vaccine shots For certain uh, people like transplant recipients and other medically vulnerable groups, as schools start back up and child coronavirus cases rise, many parents and pediatricians are getting impatient for the FDA to give the green light to vaccinate children under 12. The FDA is watching pediatric trials of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines closely, but some say they feel the agency is dragging its feet. Meanwhile, the latest surge in hard-hit states like Florida and Tennessee is getting so bad. Local leaders are warning citizens to think twice before calling an ambulance. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has similarly asked hospitals to forego elective surgeries to deal with the influx. Of coronavirus patients. This is so selfish, though, because my vocal teacher's two-year-old is having severe sinus issues, and he has to have a surgery, and it's really scary. And it's looked at as elective, and he may not be able to get it. And as a mother, she's like devastated. It's just so irresponsible.
6: Here's,
3: here's the here's the truth: these Republican governors are a holes. They literally, mm-hmm. Governor Abbott, Governor DeSantis, they're killing, killing their citizens. Literally letting them die. And then Ron DeSantis, whose state had to request ventilators from the federal government. Joe Biden did what Joe Biden does. He sent them. Ron DeSantis then in a, in a press briefing shortly after said he had no idea what they were talking about. He had no idea. He requested them. He's lying. Okay. They lie. And people's, people are dying because of it.
4: All right, it's, let's get into a little weather very quickly. I know, I feel you. I understand. All right, weather's, uh, summer's here. It's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's, a high of 99 in Phoenix, 66 in San Francisco, 79 in Kansas City, 90 in Houston, a high of 108 in Palm Springs and 106 in Vegas. Now head on over to McDonald's and get a frozen Coca-Cola drink for just a dollar fifty. Now give us a vibe of the day.
3: We are strongest when we cheer each other on.
4: Yes, we are. All right. Well, joining us coming up in What the Health, Dr. James Simmons on the third shop booster. What we need to know coming up.
3: Welcome back to the Morning Beat in year 432 of the COVID global pandemic. Uh, super excited to bring you some updates in What the Health right now with our Dr. James Simmons. Dr.
1: James, thank you for being here. I'm so glad I look good at 437 <laughs> years later. Like, hello. Right, right, right. I figured out that anti-aging. <laughs>
3: well, Listen, listen.
1: Hey.
3: We, we, we referenced uh, yesterday on the show that we're actually closer to 2022 than we are to 2020. And that feels so weird to say uh, that we've somehow almost made it through 2021. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are still sort of just processing 2020. So it's been a a really interesting road. Uh, But Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has become like a household name these last couple of years, uh, even though the guy has been around for literally decades, um, he's now saying that Americans eventually need to get the COVID-19 vaccine booster. How commonplace will this be? Uh, Do you have to get a booster that matches your original vaccine? Uh, What do you know? What do our listeners need to know?
1: Ooh, all kinds of juicy questions. It's like you've done this before, AJ Gibson. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Fauci did come out and say that, and it caused a bit of a whirlwind, particularly yesterday was uh, this is on the heels of the FDA announcing that folks here in the United States who are immunocompromised, so individuals who are uh, undergoing chemotherapy, have active cancer or a history of recent cancer, transplant patients, Other folks with autoimmune diseases who are also on, like, immunomodulators, those folks who have depressed immune systems are now officially eligible for a booster dose uh, or supplemental dose, as the county of San Francisco is calling it, of of the vaccine. Just those individuals, though. Um, And so as of right now, that's all that we're seeing. And interestingly, in those populations, because their immune system was so depressed, What the data was showing was that they weren't really having much of a response from the first or second shot. But with the third shot, their immune system finally started to kick in and develop some of those antibodies against COVID-19, which is why the FDA is specifically authorizing this for those populations. The CDC is likely to follow that today. Uh, But for the rest of us, the general population, um, no, I don't think the boosters are coming anytime soon. But I do think we will have to be boosted in the near future, like year to eighteen months would be my guess oh wow okay um,
4: I have a I think that that would be cool. I think also people are waiting for the FDA to approve and if I get this wrong, of course you know correct me, but as children are going back to school, I know that a lot of parents are finding concern, especially with kids that are um, twelve and up are we looking at uh, at getting any closer to starting to vaccinate um, our kids, our nieces and nephews?
1: Yeah, that's going to be great, isn't it, when we can vaccinate the the wee babies, so those under 12. Where The timelines right now are a little bit fuzzy on that. Some think that uh, the FDA is actually moving a little bit faster on that than we sort of have uh, that we can see that we have visibility to. Most folks think that this probably won't happen, though, for under 12 until sometime around the holidays or or early next year um, is when the FDA will sort of move forward and say we have enough data to believe that these vaccines are safe in kids' five to 11. And right now, they're really only looking at kids five to 11. They're not really looking at kiddos younger than that. That'll be afterwards, after that. Uh, Dr. James Simmons,
3: uh, what the hell? Thank you uh, so much for being here, as always, you for just now joining us. We're talking about vaccines, boosters, and what we can expect this fall and beyond. Uh, I can't believe I'm even asking this, but I did see a friend of mine post on their uh, Facebook account today that uh, they're selling eggnog ice cream at a Kroger's, Ooh. a Kroger store, a grocery store. We call it Ralph's here in California. It's Kroger's where I come from. Uh, and <laughs> I have to ask, what are the holidays going to look like? What do we expect? Uh, is the surge going to continue? Is it going to get worse in the winter? Because what we sort of thought we knew about uh, the surges, you know, only coming during the winter months, the flu season hasn't really held true with Delta. Uh, what do you think we're looking forward to the next few months?
1: Whoa. I mean, it's not even Labor Day yet. I know. (laughs) Someone's got eggnog ice cream in the grocery stores. I love it. So uh, it's really, really hard to tell because if Delta plays out in the United States now, as it has in other parts of the world, just talking about Delta, not the whole pandemic, just talking about the Delta surge, we'll likely be out of this. Uh, We we should start seeing numbers come down by Labor Day, uh, if not even before. So... Um, this, these Delta surges tended to be really pretty quick. They came in really hard and fast. They came out really hard and fast. But what I think is the the, the scary scenario here is that we are seeing numbers of, of individuals who are getting vaccinated go up in a lot of places where those numbers were low. That part's great. I still don't think we're going to get to anywhere close to those magical herd immunity numbers. And that percentage number right of people who have immunity either naturally or by vaccine keeps going higher the longer we wait so before it was like 65 or 70% and then it was 75 and now we're looking at we need somewhere over 80% of the population to have some sort of immunity to this before it starts to die out so in the United States we're getting somewhat close to that but remember only about 15% of the world is vaccinated right now and everyone is traveling. And so we're just going to keep repeating the cycle until we can actually get the whole world vaccinated.
4: Wow. Well, speaking of traveling, Dr. James Simmons, uh, we want to discuss vaccine passport requirements, what we need to know, so if you'll stick around We'll continue that conversation for What the Health coming up next.
0: Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to public record. this is a national contest
3: welcome back to the morning beat we're joined by dr james simmons for what the health uh, talking about vaccine passports uh travel requirements uh and also a nurse over in germany who did the unthinkable recently uh let's start with these vaccine ah. passports uh, dr james um i did travel recently had to jump through a lot of hoops uh took every single safety precaution Uh, Things have gotten progressively worse in the few weeks since I've been home. So uh, I'm glad I'm here now. Um, But what exactly are vaccine passports uh, and what sort of requirements are we seeing or do we expect this fall and winter uh, when traveling domestically and abroad?
1: Yeah, it's really going to look differently depending on where you live and where you are going if you travel. So uh, places like L.A. and New York have started to implement really pretty strict vaccine uh, proof of vaccination mandates. And in New York, they started with sort of like entertainment places. So they were like movie theaters, restaurants, things like that. LA has now expanded upon that and saying, well, you have to show at least proof of at least one dose of the vaccine prior to going into uh, movie theaters, restaurants, et cetera, and retail facilities which uh, is, I think this is lovely and wonderful, right? I think this is great. We're doing it from a public health standpoint to try to keep populations safe. Um, This, though, adding retail outlets on this does sort of categorically change everything because, um, you know, Ralph's and Kroger's, like you mentioned before, grocery stores, uh, those are retail facilities. So now every time every person wants to go to Target or anything like that, they are going to have to show, according to LA County City Ordinance, some sort of proof of at least one dose of vaccination. And this is wild. This will be one of the more restrictive, uh, or I don't know if restrictive is the right word, but one of, one of the more uh, Controversial. interesting ones. <laughs> Controversial, yeah, in the country versus, um, thank you, versus other places where we, you know, have rate, vaccination rates super, super low. And if you required that, people wouldn't, no one would be going to the grocery stores at all. So this is going to be interesting. And I really do think we're going to start seeing a lot more of this in the coming months in other parts of the country.
4: Um, If you're just joining us, we're with Dr. James Simmons for What the Health. I will say I think that it's really uh, a good way to get people to get vaccinated because I think that as much as, you know, I love being on Instagram, a lot of the memes I've been seeing is like people all dressed up and ready to go. And then it's like, but the Delta variant. And it's like just like this monster of a of like an, of a character. And that's true. Like to think that we may not be able to continue regular life until 2022. I like, I, I'm over it. So many people that are following the rules are just over it. And I don't think that we should be stuck in our homes because people don't want to get vaccinated. I mean, we have shared the sentiment many times, but just now more than ever, the Lambda variant, all these new things coming out,
3: Well, to her point, James, I want to ask you, though, do do you think that's the smartest approach? Because, listen, I'm all for requiring vaccine, proof of vaccines for restaurants and for, uh, for movie theaters and things like that. A grocery store, for me, and I'm fully vaccinated, fully support vaccines, feels like it might be a step in the wrong direction. Everybody needs food and water to survive. And I know there are other options, but... Eh, not old, not all older people or not everybody is down with technology. Not everybody's going inst- to Instacart their food to their house, right? And have it delivered by Amazon Fresh or whatever. Um, I I see like the SEC, for instance, uh, their football teams are getting fully vaccinated and their coaching staff is getting fully vaccinated. And th- that's happening in places like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, where it's a very controversial issue. And I feel like that for me, seems like more of a motivation to those that are hesitant than saying, oh, you can't get groceries anymore. I feel like that's just going to like inflame a lot of people.
1: I, it probably is going to inflame a lot of people. They they also, you know, I think we have to, uh, it, it's all about your perspective, right? And And how you look at this. And so one of the things that I think is really, really important to remember is that this is done out of, an ability to protect people to keep people alive and so when you get close to overwhelming hospital systems when you have rampant numbers of covid when you have a a variant that is so much more contagious I mean I, I read the data yesterday on that study that showed that the amount of virus from delta at the peak inside of a person when they are most contagious can be up to a thousand times more than the alpha variant than the original one. I mean, Delta is, we are talking about something that is almost categorically different than the alpha one. And so saying, listen, there are 300 people in this Ralph's, in this grocery store at any point in time, and if one person with a really high viral load comes in, they're infecting everyone, right? You don't want to be reaching into the freezer to grab your bag of frozen broccoli and have somebody just simply breathe on you and give you COVID and potentially kill you. And so that's the reality that we are living in here. And the reality, honestly, Michaela, to your point earlier, I don't think we're going back to any sort of normal period, but definitely not by 2022. If the rest of the world doesn't get vaccinated because that's still eighty five percent of the world's population that has the potential that are still naive to this virus yeah. that can get it. There could be a new variants. It's going to keep spreading. You know,
4: Doctor James Simmons, we have like a minute left, but I did want to bring this up to you because we reported on a story coming out of Germany of a nurse who was an anti vaxxer that gave the vaccine to eighty six hundred people, and then it turns out it was just a placebo, and it infuriated us. I can imagine. Somebody doing that. What are your thoughts on that? And is this something that we now need to be sort of afraid of?
1: I can't believe as a nurse, I have to talk about this. It makes me so mad. I can't believe this. So for those of you who don't know, like Michaela was saying, this nurse, they've actually been investigating her for a while. People reported her a long time ago, and they just they didn't release the information until they really had sort of like substantial evidence against her. Essentially, she was a Red Cross nurse vaccinating the most vulnerable, the super elderly in nor- northern Germany. She took 86, she vaccinated 8600 individuals, but they pretty, are pretty sure that it was all just normal saline and that those individuals were not vaccinated. There may be deaths linked to individuals who did not get vaccinated who ended up getting COVID later on. This is a nightmare of a scenario. I am not proud of this person being a part of the same profession that I am. I don't think this is something that we need to worry about. This was early on when it was a a lot harder to regulate the lot numbers and the type of vaccine and all of that, when we were literally just trying to shove vaccine in, in, in elderly folks' arms. We have much tighter regulations on that, particularly here in the United States. And now that we're getting so much better at this, I don't think that's anything we have to worry about here.
4: Well, as always, thank you so much, Dr. James Simmons, joining us for What The Health. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, you too. All right, well, coming up in What's Poppin', rumor has it Lizzo and Cardi B have a new song out, and rumor has it we may have a little bit of the song coming up next.
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's almost time for What's Poppin'. I'm super, super excited about it, so much so that I'm going to tell you very quickly, our show's also a podcast. Download the Odyssey app at odyssey.com. Do it now. Listen to us whenever you want. Also, listen to this new single from two of my favorites, Michaela Gordon, What's Poppin'.
4: Um, okay, we're dying, because what's popping is Cardi B's belly, she's pregnant, honey, and you see all that belly in the new video with her collab with the one and only Lizzo. Their new song, Rumors, is out, and it's a bop, honey. Let's take a listen and then we'll discuss.
3: That is not
1: single. <laughs> you're terrible Justin it's a, it's a new way it's a new, oh, new direction
3: to
2: them,
1: right can you imagine
3: oh, oh my
4: god wait that might have been the most iconic thing Justin has ever done listen Justin
3: gets it right and does something funny about quarterly like once per quarter so four times a year that was a good one Uh,
4: Okay, wait. This reminds me. It's this. He just got it right. And remember when we were interviewing a really big celebrity about something very serious? Super important. And and we were like, how do we help our trans community? And however it happened, Justin just got it wrong and started playing Ava Max. And we accidentally (laughs) cut her off.
3: We literally said, our trans sisters are in need. How can we help? And then somebody, and, Justin, hit the wrong button and we went right into Ava like, Max. Well, that's all what they needed, the kings and queens. Oh, wow. <laughs> Anyways. Okay,
4: okay, okay. <laughs> we know some great pops, including that song you just played. Now
0: play <laughs> the song for real. spending all your time trying to break a woman down. Really, shit is going on, baby. Take a look around if you thought that I was ratchet.
3: so good.
5: Oh my god, it's
4: so, so good. You and I have already bought it. I'm obsessed with it. The video is incredible. And honestly, I'm surprised it's taken them this long to, to do a song together. But it's so good. I love it. I can't wait to blast it in the gym. You know
3: what's wild? Are you, because we did both buy it on iTunes, are you one of those people, how often do you actually buy songs? Because I have Spotify and everything else, so I can just listen to whatever. But if I really, really, like, vibe with the song, like, Montero, Nas or, or his, his latest single I buy the single because I feel like I need to support
4: yeah I buy sometimes I buy the whole album
3: yeah totally. um, but I
4: always buy the single this, ter- yeah, oh, god. Sure. This, I just-
3: this one song oh my god for like the entire like month of like June and July called Love Cry or Cry Love I'm sorry I, we listened to it oh on my- repeat and bought it and it was like so much <laughs> but like if you haven't bought Cry Love yet on iTunes <laughs> go buy Rumors and Cry Love by Michaela Gordon I- Amen, you honey. And then up a little while you're at it, right cry love? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you idiot. I'm so done with you,
4: Justin.
3: Cat death metal.
4: <clears throat> Goodbye,
3: Justin. Goodbye. Welcome back to the morning beat. We have a fantastic final hour coming up for you. It's the moment we've all been waiting for a big update in the Britney Spears trial case, whatever we want to call it, the conservatorship battle, Uh, the Free Britney movement is alive and well, and we have a huge update for you, Uh, and we're going to be talking to our attorney, Paula Caney. You know, it was announced yesterday uh, that Jamie, her father, would be stepping down as her conservator, and so Paula Caney, our favorite attorney, is calling us to talk about what that means uh, because she's under two conservatorships, and she breaks down uh, how this could impact both of them and what she expects to see happen next uh, with her new legal legal team uh, finally taking some action. It's a big, big, big day if you're a fan of uh, Britney Spears or if you're just a fan of women having the right and the to choose what to do with their own lives. Uh, so we're super excited about that. That conversation's coming up in 15 minutes. Paul McCanny on the morning beat. Uh, and then a little bit later on, we're talking about uh, gay culture. Is it disappearing? Well, according to one popular filmmaker uh, who has a new film coming out, uh, he thinks so. Uh, and we're going to share our thoughts Uh, We might disagree with them a bit, and we're going to tell you why coming up later this hour. Uh, But right now it's time for news on The Beat, Michaela, what's happening in the world.
4: Okay. well, as expected, the FDA has authorized COVID-19 booster vaccine shots for certain people like transplant recipients and other medically vulnerable groups. As schools start back up and child coronavirus cases rise, many parents and pediatricians are getting impatient for the FDA to give the green light to vaccinate children under 12. The FDA is watching pediatric trials of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines closely, but some say they feel the agency is dragging its feet. Meanwhile, the latest surge in hard-hit states like Florida and Tennessee is getting so bad, Local leaders are warning citizens to think twice before calling an ambulance. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has similarly asked hospitals to forego elective surgeries to deal with the influx of coronavirus patients. Now, I know that we all probably know somebody, but I just want to say in a personal uh, way, my vocal coach has become one of my really good friends. She has a two-year-old son who has been unable to breathe. There's something going on with his sinuses. They've been trying to figure it out. He finally is getting surgery. Imagine a two year old baby who can't communicate when he doesn't feel well he just cries and it's so much as a mom and now they may be able to cancel his surgery that they've been waiting on because people have chosen not to get the vaccine and we are now spreading the virus even more so much that our hospitals beds are being filled up with people who are not vaccinated
3: it's just, just unbelievable. Like, I was think talking about to my that. cousin. My cousin's a nurse down in Oklahoma. and I was talking to her just this morning. She said it's just overwhelming. They can't handle it all. It's too much. Their beds are full. They're at capacity. Uh, and she said, we're just tired of the misinformation and the lies. And this is coming from the state of Oklahoma. Very, very, one of the most conservative states in the entire country. My cousin also, her family, kind of re- Republican, not really Trump Republicans, but kind of Republican, socially very liberal, conservative when it comes to uh, financial issues. And they're like, listen, we, we live in this state and we hop out of this. It's just lies. And we're ready to get back to normal and people need to get vaccinated.
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. another news, Britney Spears' father, Jamie Spears, says he intends to step down as conservator of the singer's estate. The elder Spears has been serving as co-conservator of his daughter's estimated $60 million fortune for more than a decade. Recently, Britney Spears has gotten more vocal in her opposition to the conservatorship, calling it cruelty and abuse and saying she even wants to press charges against her father. If he does step down, it would be a massive development in one of the defining pop culture battles of the Internet era. Spears conservatorship Which has been in place Since 2008 Following a string Of personal hardships Has raised Conversations about Autonomy Public perception Mental health The agency of women in entertainment uh, And the dangers Of rapid stardom Oh Britt, We love you so much I hope this Is so much better This hour We are talking to Attorney Paula Caney 920 uh, Pacific 1220 Eastern To really talk about What this means For our pop icon Who we just adore So much All right, well, let's get into a a little bit of weather. Summer's here. It's Queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 104 in Vegas, 108 in Palm Springs, 79 in Kansas City, 70 in San Francisco, 88 in Atlanta, 81 in Buffalo, and 84 in St. Louis. Now give us a, I'm sorry, uh, I want to remind you that if you go to McDonald's, you can get a frozen Coca-Cola drink for just $1.50. So delicious. Now give us, please, a vibe of the day.
3: Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna honor our girl Brittany and the Free Brittany movement and the latest update in her conservatorship. Uh, it, it's really just super super exciting to anybody who cares about her, as we do. Uh, again, reminder: like Michaela said, we're talking to attorney Paula Canny in about 10 to 12 minutes about this conservatorship. Uh, but in honor of Britney, here's your vibe of the day. It works perfectly with one of her most iconic songs. Play it, Justin. Now I'm And here's your vibe of the day. We're strongest it. when we cheer each other on. Brittany, we love you. We've been cheering you on for so long from afar. As soon as we realized what was actually going on, we fought even harder. And those at the forefront of the Free Britney Movement. We want to thank you because we want our queen back. And, Absolutely. Uh, she She's stronger because of us and we're stronger because of her. So I love it.
4: I love it too, babe. All right. Coming up, Attorney Paula Kenny joins us to discuss Brittany Spears as her father steps down. What's next? Coming up.
3: Back to the morning beat. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, This song, Britney Spears, stronger, stronger than I ever thought that I could be, she goes on to say right there. The lyrics alone uh, almost felt like foreshadowing. When you look at it now and what she's going to in the breaking news yesterday that her father, uh, Jamie Spears, has agreed to step down as her conservator. Um... And Brittany has talked about at great length recently on her social media that she's stronger than she thought she was because her fans have stood up for her and fought for her. That loneliness that she's known for so many years, you know, essentially a, prison in her, a prisoner in her own home getting handed an allowance of $2,000 a week. Nothing. And not being able to have, have control over her choices, her body, her sexual reproductive organs, her children. It's a lot. And the more we know, the more our hearts break for Brittany. But on the heels of this breaking news yesterday, after we left studio about the conservatorship and her father stepping aside, uh, we thought we'd reach out to our good friend attorney Paula Canney, to get her expert advice. Paula, thank you so much for being here. I know you have to be thrilled about this news.
6: Well, this is a a, a great development, but so slow in the in the making because Britney Spears has been under a conservatorship for. 13 years, since 2008, her father has controlled all of her money. And the other thing I want to, you know, be clear about is Brittany's under really two conservatorships. One, a conservatorship of her estate, and that means her money, and a conservatorship of her person, which is that other thing, like where she lives, her reproductive organs, who she hangs out with, what she does. And it is... Unbelievable that she's under a conservatorship of her person. It is just. Shocking to me that somehow the courts did this, and it's gone on for 13 years. So the big move in all this was when Brittany got to select, for the first time in 13 years, her own lawyer. So now she has a lawyer, Matthew Rosengart, aggressively advocating for her, and he filed pleadings almost as soon as he was appointed Uh, are allowed to become her lawyer, moving to remove Jamie Spears. And so it was in reaction to the Rosengart pleadings that Jamie Spears filed some pleadings saying, oh, I didn't do anything wrong, but I'll step down, though he doesn't say when. So uh, Britney's lawyers are like, step down now, and he's saying, well, I'll step down soon uh, but that's what's going to happen i can He's imagine as a step down and that's great
4: i would like to think that as a parent if your child is begging you to step down that's just something that you would do Um, because that's what your child wants, and she's a grown woman. The fact that he's holding on so tight is what makes me and everybody else so suspicious. I think we put so much weight into our parents. But really, they can be the most toxic people in our lives, no pun intended on toxic.
3: (laughs) But also, we can make the Britney Spears music jokes all day long toxic. But uh, he does go on then to attack Lynn Spears. Uh, he said that uh, he's saying right. she had little, if any, involvement in the conservatorship, let alone Britney's life for the last 13 years, saying she hasn't even been around. He says her credibility is undermined because Brittany herself refused to even see her mom when she was in a mental health facility back in 2019. So this is a deep, deep seated family issue going on here. Uh, could that complicate things in the court's eyes uh, and have a negative impact on Britney moving forward?
6: I, I actually don't think so, but I mean, I think that is an, uh, an, uh, a, such a polite co- characterization. I mean, this is a troubled, troubled family, mother, father, it just, it's just so sad that even though Brittany is just so awesome and fabulous, you know, we all sort of carry the baggage of our you know, family problems, though hers has played out in just this horrible public way. So Lynn has, the mom, has had nothing to do really with Brittany for 13 years. I I also agree. I don't know why they even brought Lynn up, uh, because she's not ever been involved in the conservatorship one way or another. From all accounts, Brittany and her mom are pretty estranged, and that could perhaps be, you know, because of the dad. I mean, the parents are divorced. But no, I don't think that that's what's going to play out. What's going to play out next is that the father will resign and most likely a new conservator of the estate will be appointed, uh, just like the conservatorship of the person is a private fiduciary. But I I predict that uh, Brittany's lawyer is going to get britney out from under both the conservatorship of the person and the conservatorship of the estate i mean that's what we said when we first started talking about this a couple months ago if britney has a really good lawyer that really good lawyer will get her out from under this conservatorship And advocate for her for what she wants. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think
4: also where we're so different than 2008 is Britney fans are standing so hard right now. And with social media, I mean, the judge that is um, ahead of all of this is getting death threats because she did not uh, respect the request to advance uh, a conservatorship hearing. And I think that now that people's lives are being under attack, uh, I think Brittany's going to get away with this pretty clean. Do you think so?
6: Well, I mean, that's a complicated, uh, that's sort of complicated because I don't want judges making decisions because they're afraid of social media attacks. I mean, I want judges to have courage and do the right thing. That's what I want, but I, I, you know, in terms of it, I also believe that the right thing is, is that based on the information I have, Britney Spears is more than capable of making decisions of where she lives, what she eats, who she has sex with, whether she wants to have a baby or not, and her sixty million dollar estate. What I think happened though in two thousand and eight is Britney waived her rights to jury trial. She signed a bunch of rights away, and then all this mechanism got put in place, and it's taken her 13 years to get stronger, to be able to dismantle this just sort of draconian imposition uh, of all these institutional constraints on her. So I think that the judge is going to do the right thing, and I hope it isn't because she's afraid of social media, but because she recognizes that legally it's inappropriate and illegal to maintain Britney Spears under a conservatorship. But it's interesting how much impact social media, in a way, does have on sitting judges. So I'm not sure that's really... A good thing because sometimes doing the right thing legally isn't always the most popular thing. Mm. So I want courageous judges. But in this instance, the courageous thing to do is to undo this uh, conservatorship, well, and that is what I believe is going to happen.
4: Well, Paula Kenny, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for joining us. Have an amazing rest of your weekend. We
6: appreciate you. Okay, I appreciate you too. Have a great weekend and free Brittany. Free Brittany. Okay.
4: All right, is gay culture disappearing? We're going to talk after one filmmaker thinks so. Coming up next.
0: Tell me something good.
3: I'm going to kick things off with a story of a little that goes a long way. And when I mean little, I mean little. I'm talking $1 little. Uh, but that $1 led to thousands and thousands of dollars. Here's how. Anthony Talley. Uh, he's a man from LaGrange, a man from LaGrange, Georgia. Uh, he created a program called $1 Thursdays, where he would go around and collect just $1 from people in his community to know, to donate to others who needed the money. Uh, and this has gone so well that he has raised over $8,000 so far. Right? His town has a pretty high crime rate, high poverty, um, and he wants to do everything he can to give back. But he knows that the people there don't have a lot to give. But everybody, just about everybody on the entire planet, can give a dollar. And that generosity has multiplied thousands of times over. Uh, And he uses that money to do everything from, you know, helping out kids with school supplies to buying ice cream for elementary school students. Um, Just things that can brighten people's day. Uh, If you want to start a program like this in your neighborhood, I think that would be awesome. If you want to help Anthony... Uh, You can head over to Venmo, Anthony-Tally, T-A-L-L-E-Y-9. And he also posts regular updates on his Facebook, so you know exactly where your money's going. A dollar. I mean, one dollar. How cool is that?
4: Yeah, amazing. That's so cool. Okay, listen, honey, this is adorable because you're newly engaged. We're planning your wedding. We're so excited. Imagine if you lost the footage of your special day. It would be devastating. And this happened to one couple. uh, Drew Gottfried and his wife, Kayla, live in Oregon. And uh, they got married 14 years ago. And she's been saying for 14 years, I cannot believe we lost our wedding video. So, on their anniversary, he took her to dinner, and they had a great dinner, and then he rented out a movie theater, and uh, he sat her down, and when the movie came on, it was the lost footage of their wedding 14 years ago. Apparently, the church, when they were cleaning out some stuff, they found their wedding video, and that's where it's been this whole time. No. So, he... uh uh-huh, So, he... F- Played their their wedding video. Obviously, she was like crying, so happy, pure bliss. And she was like, I'm so happy this is the movie because I've never seen him so excited to go see a movie before. And I was like, God, I hope I share the same enthusiasm. And it turns out, of
6: course, she did. Well, you gotta so, think that's,
3: that's wild. Right. How weird, because 14 years ago, people didn't have cell phones with high quality cameras. Whereas nowadays, uh, even if you did lose the actual official video, you probably have enough footage of the day that you can kind of piece together your memories. She's probably never seen a single video clip of that day until now. That's wild.
4: Yeah, it's uh, that's just amazing. What a beautiful, uh, what a beautiful thing, and what a great way to. End our show, Tell Me Something Good, is brought to you by McDonald's. Uh, Don't forget to get a nice frozen Coca-Cola drink for just $1.50. This weekend, it's going to be hot. What a great way to end your summer. As always, we have a great show for you next week. But for now, wash your hands, wear your masks. Have a great rest of your weekend.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.